Welcome to the Queer Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gee, and this season I'm talking with current and former queer student athletes from my alma mater, Brigham Young University. For those who aren't familiar, BYU is a faith-based private university affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In 2018, I became the first student athlete at BYU to publicly come out as queer. So these interviews with other LGBTQ student athletes are the first of their kind. I hope each episode reminds everyone that queer student athletes are an integral part of BYU's community and they deserve to have their perspectives shared. Today I'm speaking to Danny Carney, a former member of BYU's nationally ranked men's cross country and track teams. He was on the team from 2012 to 2019. After his freshman year, Danny served a two-year service mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Following his mission and over the course of his collegiate career, Danny became an All-American in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, the indoor 5,000-meter, and cross-country, where he was a member of the team that won the 2019 NCAA Cross-Country Championships. He is currently in dental school at the University of Colorado. This is a really special conversation because Danny and I are good friends. We were on the team together for many years and we are both from Colorado. I hope you enjoy. I knew I was gay probably around the age of 10. So it was pretty young. Um, It's kind of funny. I feel like a lot of people I talked to either knew when they were really young like that or they Mm -hmm. didn't really figure that out until they were like in their 20s I was yeah pretty young um and do you know like the moment was there like a specific thing or was it just kind of like over time when you were 10 you kind of realized not really I mean I remember like people would talk about their favorite Disney princess and I was over here thinking Hercules was Hunkylees right and so <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> yeah, that's so fair. Hercules is a great gay awakening. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so yeah, no, I don't really remember any specific moment. I just remember recognizing that, you know, I I liked boys. And, and then as like I hit puberty and stuff like that, yeah, I just knew that that was a thing. Um, I was very much for a long time um, just trying to essentially pray the gay away right um praying a lot asking god to make it so i wasn't gay and and i mean we're talking right like just every day for like years and then i remember probably and i like went on lots of dates with girls in high school just trying to make that work right because i really you know for those who aren't familiar but obviously you are emma Mm -hmm. um i just am like in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints um, just a traditional marriage is like really emphasized and it's a really integral part of our beliefs right yes and so growing up like you're just kind of inundated with you know you're gonna grow up you're gonna marry a girl you're gonna get Mm -hmm. married and you're gonna have a family and so yeah that was just like what i wanted and in large part because i was told that that was what i wanted right (laughs) right no 100 percent, 100 (laughs) percent. but you know, I just, I just wanted to be happy. And all of the examples around me were people who were heterosexual and in stable family environments. Mm -hmm. And so probably around the age of 17, 
I remember praying and coming to the realization that God was not going to make me straight. Wow. And it was actually kind of a spiritual experience. It was really overwhelming, right? Because I was like, oh man, like I've been kind of asking you this, God, for (laughs) like eight years now. (laughs) Yeah, such a long time. Yeah. And it was one of those like, when you drop like a pebble or a rock in water and you just have the ripples Mm -hmm. that go out. Yeah. Like I could see like how that realization in the moment, I just saw the ripples like going into my future and like how it changed my plan for how I thought my life was going to be. That is the most incredible metaphor day. Well, it really is like kind of the best way I can think to describe that. No. Yeah. I mean, it just was like, oh, wow, like, I guess I'm not going to marry a girl. Or if I am, like, I was still thinking, like, maybe I would, but I'd Mm -hmm. have to, like, tell her because I don't want to lie and just, like, all sorts of stuff. And just how complicated that would be, right? And and just how is that going to affect just every plan I'd had? So, and then from there, like, I went to BYU and um, went on a mission, came back, and then everybody at BYU is getting married and dating like crazy because that's such an important part in like the LDS faith. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm over here living my best single life I can. Right. Oh my God. And then, yeah, eventually I decided, you know, that I wanted to continue with forward with wanting to have like a relationship and Mm -hmm. potentially a family or a partner or a spouse someday, but that I wanted to, to date men. And so yeah, yeah, once I graduated, I really, you know, started dating and then COVID hit. So I didn't really date. <laughs> no. so, yeah. Like you said, it was a really spiritual experience when you kind of realized like, no, this is kind of like part of who I am and that's probably not going to change. Yeah. So I guess, could you just talk like a little bit, maybe that's too personal, but I'd love to hear more about what that was like for you. It's really interesting to me having a, a brother. I mean, we're raised in the same family. We are really similar. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you've met both of us and our mannerisms yeah. are really similar even. <laughs> yeah. um, and even just the two of us have had really different experiences, right? And mm-hmm. so for me, <clears throat> I, I mean, was there a lot of struggle and hardship in regards to my sexuality and my faith? Yeah, like definitely as, as is normally the case. <laughs> right, right, right. right? Um, Mm -hmm. I do, I feel, I feel kind of lucky because for the most part, I I really avoided, not avoided isn't the right word. I I didn't experience a lot of mental health struggles when it came to that conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who haven't gone through through this experience aren't aware of the toll this can take on your mental health. Right. And so I know a lot of people who who really don't have positive feelings towards the church or religion in general, because in large part, they've suffered a lot of trauma and Mm -hmm. have had to deal with severe depression, severe anxiety, all sorts of things. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I, I really uh, attribute my generally positive feelings towards religion and the church um, Mm -hmm. towards me, just not really having as much of, of that trauma, if that makes sense. No, um, it does. It does. Yeah. And, and it's been really good for me to recognize and, and try to put myself in the shoes of other people who have had that trauma. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, even though like, you know, I'm not, I haven't gone through what they've gone through. It's really good for me to recognize that. So anyways, wow. I just did like the world's 
biggest tangent. Uh <laughs> no, 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 no. That's literally I I'm so happy you said that because one of the biggest parts of this podcast is that there are so many like different lived experiences. Oh, totally. Yeah. Even within this very niche group of people that I'm talking to, which are just queer BYU student athletes. So yeah. like there's like there's you're so valid in having had that experience. And I agree with what you said that like it's all about understanding that people can experience that in different ways. And of course that impacts like their relationship, you know, with Absolutely. maybe some organizations that, you know, traumatized them. Exactly. So, like, yeah. Yes. And I if people just, right, would try to understand that a little bit better. I think a lot of the times we get so caught up in trying to defend like our position, right. Mm-hmm. Rather than just trying to understand where somebody else is coming from. And um, right. I think a lot of members of the church could really benefit from recognizing that something that has brought them peace and solace and um, comfort their whole lives maybe actually caused quite a bit of trauma and anxiety and depression in, a, in another person, right? So it's yeah. been good for me with that. But in regards to your original question, um, yeah, I I at, at BYU really started to struggle because I was having to confront my sexuality. Mm. And in, in large part, it's actually kind of funny. Uh, I think it was in part because of my little brother coming out. Yeah. Tell me about that. Well, because he, he came out before I did. And, yeah. and I guess I've never actually done like a official coming out post or anything like that. <laughs> That's so, <laughs> so I guess for some people who know me, this is like my coming out post. So <laughs> I guess surprise, you know. Um, but um, most, most everybody in my life knows. But um, right, right, right. And I'm really open with it, obviously. But uh, yeah. Yeah. When he started coming out, it was like mutual friends were starting to ask me about it. Mm-hmm. Teammates were asking me about it. And it was like I was having to confront my own sexuality because mm. of that. And, you know, in retrospect, I'm really grateful for it. At the time, I was just kind of bugged. I was like, man, I've been living just this comfortable life. Um, yeah. Just being in the closet and not worrying mm-hmm. about dating at all, not really confronting this. Mm-hmm. And so once he started, you know, coming out and um, stuff like that, it, it really made me start to confront that in my own life and I really started considering you know what do I want for the future because at the time Mm -hmm. I was still taking girls on dates or being set up on dates and Mm -hmm. so yeah eventually over time I you know just decided that it wasn't fair to me and it wasn't Mm -hmm. fair to these girls I was going out with to Mm. you know try to make it work because it wasn't what I wanted and yeah and I didn't you know want them to be with somebody who didn't want to be with them right and I didn't want to be with somebody who I didn't want to be with right no that makes so much sense yeah and I'd had this view that I could either stay in the church and just you know either marry a woman or just be single for the rest of my life or I could date men and not have anything to do with the church and that's kind of this dichotomy that I had Mm -hmm. in my head and really over time it and and talking to to lots of different people who were a part of the community and their own experiences, mm-hmm. I discovered that it really was up to me. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't have to, you know, shun spirituality or shun religion mm-hmm. if I chose to to be with somebody who I was attracted to, and and that really kind of opened my eyes. And I, you know, for me, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna give it a go, and and I had to really stop thinking so much about the future and really just focus like, okay, right now, what is giving me peace? And, 
the right. idea of dating men gave me peace. And yeah, I had that approach with religion too, of just like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to take it one step at a time. And if something isn't giving me peace, I need to be okay to cut it out. But if yeah. something is, I need to be okay. Maybe changing my view of it or changing how I experience that. So, wow. Well, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. And that's a huge breakthrough, honestly, too. Cause I've, I've also been on that journey of like, like you're saying, kind of like sorting out what your options are. Exactly. And kind of yeah. Having to acknowledge maybe these hard truths of like where you may not fit in as much anymore. Uh-huh. And side note, like Danny was like, everyone and everyone wanted to date Danny, like on the woman's <laughs> team. Like, like people were always like, what about Danny Carney? And everyone's like, he's like the nicest. Like, he's just the most wonderful person. Like, he's so Christ-like. No, I'm not kidding. Like, there was multiple locker room discussions about, like, setting people up with Danny. And so it's so funny. It's not funny, but, like, to know that, like, on your end, kind of what you're, like, experiencing and and going through. And it's not funny. You're humorous. But, I mean. I mean, there's some humor in it, right? It's important (laughs) to laugh at it, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I just think of all these, like, several, like, BYU girls who are just, like, oh, my gosh, like, Danny Carney. And I'm, like, (laughs) you're, like, going through your own thing. And I that's really funny. But Yeah, um, it's – I mean, it's actually really fun now that I'm comfortable with my sexuality just um, Mm -hmm. because I I haven't ever made a post or anything um, Mm -hmm. just as people, like, try to set me up with their friends. Um, who are girls I should clarify that Um, right I love it when they try to set me up with their guy friends but (laughs) yeah it's I just love it when people are like you know like I have this sister-in-law who you know Uh I think you'd go really well with and I'm like well do you have a brother-in-law like yeah I don't know just anyways it's nice to and it feels right yeah yep exactly oh my god I'm sorry what were you saying before before that oh no I can't even remember I'm so so sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, no, I totally forgot. That was a tangent on my end too. I got but distracted yes. by you just being way too nice. No, you were in high demand, and 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 that's what we were talking about. Oh my god. Okay, okay. So now I want to jump back a little bit, and I okay. want to talk about because this is a question I get all the time. So I just wanted to ask you, I guess, why did you go to BYU? Basically. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good question. Um, so my dad and both of my older siblings went to BYU. Got it. And um, so for me, I was mostly looking at schools because of running, right? Right. And You were a really good runner, by the way. You're so good at running. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. Nowadays, okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> nowadays, I just like go out and try to, I don't know, stay in somewhat shape. So I'm not really much of a runner anymore, but you know um but you were like you were all american run- danny is so legit like you're <laughs> he's such a good runner okay i'm sorry to like put that in right there but okay so you're going no. to college for running you're like looking at schools okay yeah. continue i was looking at schools getting recruited by different schools and uh byu i mean as you probably know with your experience being from colorado they just don't mm-hmm. really recruit a ton out of the state of utah a lot of the time Right. And so I reached out to the BYU coaches and said, hey, like, I exist, right? <laughs> right. Right. And then once I reached out, they they started recruiting me. And um, I was trying really hard to keep an open mind and consider other schools. I was looking at Portland. I was looking at um, mm-hmm. Colorado State, a little bit of Colorado, um, mm-hmm. a couple other out-of-state schools. And, um, yeah, I went on my first recruiting trip to BYU. And mm-hmm. 
I just loved it. I mean, mm. I just really liked the environment and the team yeah. especially is what really won me over in that they just really mm. felt like a family. Um, mm. They were really like down to earth, kind of just like goofy, nerdy guys, like, yeah, but really good runners. And so I was trying so hard to keep an open mind. And finally I realized I was like, man, like BYU is a better program than pretty much any other program right now that was recruiting me. Yeah. And so I was like, why would I, why would I not go there? And again, at the time I was very much in the closet. Right. And yeah. So uh, my sexuality didn't really play like much of a role at all in my decision-making process. Yes. So that's what I always say too. Yeah, exactly. Like I wasn't thinking about that. If I had thought about that, it probably would have, I would have gone about it maybe a little differently. I don't know if I would have changed my decision, but it would have definitely influenced what I was considering and factors I was considering. A hundred percent. But when you're getting recruited and like when you're choosing where to go to school, I feel like you're focusing on like what you're saying, like the program, the compatibility, Uh especially when you're raised in the Mormon church, like BYU checks so many boxes, like culturally, like you feel kind of at home. I mean, is that how you felt? Yep. Very much so. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. So whenever people are asking me why, why did I go to BYU? I'm like, dude, listen, the family history, the tuition, the running program. (laughs) I'm like, listen, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, sexuality wasn't even really on my mind. Exactly. Like, not even on the radar. No. Okay. So thank you for, I'm sorry. I just like totally interjected with my own story, but yes. No. Okay. Yeah. You're good. So then tell me about also going on a mission and I guess, did your sexuality was, did anything, I guess, how was that? How was your mission? Tell us about your mission. Um, It's, you know, pretty straightforward. I, I feel like it actually was a little bit of a relief because mm-hmm. I like up leading up to that point, people were like, Oh, you know, dating was a thing, but I was mm-hmm. always like, yeah, like I'm going to go on a mission. So like, what's the point in like seriously dating somebody. Right. And so it was kind of like this nice excuse in my own mind. It like was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I'm going to go on a mission. So it doesn't make sense to date. Right. And then I went on my mission and I couldn't date. So it was like the best ever because no one was asking me who I was interested in or who I was dating. So I just got like a two year like hall pass to not having to answer people's dumb questions about who I was dating. Right. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, listen, I'm doing the Lord's work right now. You think I can be thinking about dating? (laughs) Exactly. And I got to go to Brazil. I loved it. I love learning Portuguese. And yeah, that's really, I mean, in in regards to my sexuality, that's really it. I I really didn't think about it much at all on my mission. Um, Yeah. It wasn't even, again, it wasn't even on my radar. As I was finishing my mission a little bit, it was kind of like, oh, the next thing is marriage, at least in the church, right? That's kind of like the next right. milestone after you go on a mission. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was giving me a little bit of anxiety. But beyond that, I was just like, nope, I'm just going to focus. And then when I get back, I'm going to get back in shape and run. So. Oh, my gosh. And then you got back and then the culture kind of like, yeah. that's like you're saying, that's what you do. People date a lot. Exactly. I mean, do you? Do you think, I would love to pick your brain about this, do you think at like another school where maybe dating and marriage isn't as much the main character that you would have like been thinking about maybe your sexuality and all that stuff so much? I mean, I mean, I don't know. Cause when I, when I think about it for me, I'm like, I mean, you know, like relationships are kind of a part of that time of your life anyway. So I'm sure I would have yeah. gotten there, but maybe not as soon as when I was watching like my, all my teammates get married and like, yeah me like forcing me like well what does that mean for me like what is that gonna look like what do you think that's an interesting question because like you said like in some ways 
it forces you to think about your sexuality more because there's just so much heterosexual relationship Mm-hmm. happening around you and so much right. public displays of affection <laughs> between straight couples all around you <laughs> right and right just like it's just like marriage central right and so yeah in some ways it made me confront it in other ways because the church is like such a part of the culture in Provo and at BYU it mm-hmm. also made it so I I think that delayed the process as well so if I'd gone elsewhere, I don't know. I, I don't know how that would have right. looked. I mean, I know that, you know, <laughs> relationships aren't just a thing at BYU, but obviously they're a little bit more in your face there. And so right. I think I probably would have felt more comfortable being a single closeted man elsewhere than I was at BYU. Right. But I don't know how it, how it would have affected it. That's so fair. It's an impossible question because obviously we both went to BYU. Exactly. So we don't we know made what that it would be like. <laughs> I know. I guess that kind of leads me to this question, which is like, which I'm asking myself this all the time. is like, did the policies and the honor code affect your experience? Because we both going to BYU, we were both raised in the church. So we're kind of aware yeah. of this standard, you know, marriages between man and woman. But then at BYU, there's like that kind of other standard where it's like, you know, also no, you can't do anything that gives expression to yeah. like same gender attraction. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because sometimes I'm like, I'm like, yes, I agreed to that. But I'm like, also I'm like this culture and this like, like all these relationships and marriage kind of forced me to like mm-hmm. confront my sexuality a little bit. And then on top of it, like, I'm not even allowed to start like exploring that the same way that my heterosexual peers are, even if I would never like get married while at school. Yeah. So I'm sorry, that was a tangent on my part. But did you ever feel like, impacted by that honor code policy in the in that way or was it just kind of more like what you're saying like you're kind of aware of the church's stance like you know and then like of course the honor code just like fits into that and so you're like yeah that doesn't my sexual identity doesn't really fit in here necessarily yeah I mean yeah of course just by being a gay man or a member of LGBTQ community of course it affected me right um right because like you said, I actually think you put it really well. Um, it's more than just beliefs at that point, right? I mean, right. It, it can affect, it, it turned, it made it so my sexuality could affect my education. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it could affect my my running and my scholarship. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it could affect my housing even. And so right. it just, it was a lot more stressful in that regard um, because like many people and I fully support normalizing this like many people (laughs) like there were times when I didn't follow the honor code and right like because I guilt was such a motivating force in my life for so long (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. there were you know there were times when I was like man I need to go talk to like the bishop um, which is the leader of our congregation right and uh, Mm -hmm. like confess right and I was just deathly afraid of getting kicked out of BYU because for me, it was right. like, you know, no, like, I love it here. I love running. I love my team. I'm running well. Our team mm-hmm. is good. You know, just all of this. I'd worked really hard with school. So, yeah, yeah, it definitely affected me, right? There were definitely times when, um, because of the policies of the honor code, it really, really just stressed me out or gave me some anxiety. Tell me a little bit about, like, what you were like on the on the team at BYU because you were truly iconic like tell us about that oh my gosh 
<laughs> I don't know if my teammates would call me iconic, but um, I oh, they, would. they would. Everyone loved you. Oh my gosh, I I don't know. Yeah, I was on the team for a long time. I had redshirted, <laughs> and then in addition to my redshirt year, I also got an extra season back for injury. So I was on the team for five and a half years. Yeah, yeah. I I was all American in cross country, um, all American in steeplechase and in five k. And so I was really lucky to to run well and, you know, have some good, good races in there. And <laughs> I was really lucky to be at BYU when I was, because while I was there, our team took third, second and first place at nationals for cross country. Yes! Yeah, that was really fun. That was my last race at BYU is when we won nationals. I know, I was dying. That story is truly iconic because you were coming back like from an injury. I remember to like race that season. Yep. And yeah. then and then yeah, tell us about that because you like that was amazing. Uh, yeah, I had gotten a my senior year. I was uh, one of the team captains, mm-hmm. and I was one of our top runners, and got a stress fracture in my femur, and <laughs> so I was non weight bearing for a month. And obviously that ended my season and I was just really, you know, disappointed in myself, disappointed that I was letting mm-hmm. my team down because um, if I had run, there, there would have been a chance we would have won. Obviously, I'm, there's, we, there's no way to know that. Right. But um, for sure, we got second. And if I had been running, there's a chance we would have uh, done better. And so right. it was just yeah, that was really hard. And that, that was actually I'm really glad in retrospect that that happened because I was dealing with some, some uh, depression associated with, with all of that situation. And so I decided to see a psychologist, actually our trainer, like Mm -hmm. basically made me see a psychologist. (laughs) Really? Not really. He said, Hey, I think it'd be really good for you to talk to somebody. So I signed you up for just one appointment. You don't have to see him more than that, but given your situation, you should just talk to somebody. And I'm so glad he did because I took the opportunity to also talk about my sexuality um, with the psychologist and I had never done that before. And I was so glad I did. Wow. And so, yeah, anyways, then I came back for the next, uh, cross country season and actually had a little minor injury going into the season again, but no, nothing too crazy, but it just kind of pushed back some of my, um, fitness and yeah, just as the season went on, nobody thought we would win. We were very much underdogs and Mm -hmm. we, uh, yeah, I ended up winning by the largest margin. I think it was broken this year, but we ended up winning by the largest margin since like 2011 or 2010. It's crazy. So it was oh. awesome. Just a great way to go out and finish my career with just teammates that I love. So That is truly incredible and I remember watching that race like in one of my teammates' basements. Of course, we were cheering on like the women's team yeah, and yeah. the men's team and like like the women's team took second that year, and then the uh, men's and they team were so won. Close to I know it was, it was so close. Freaking Arkansas woman, good job yep. with that with that race, obviously. But yeah. dang, that was like truly so cool to watch. And then you guys won, and oh my gosh, I was like, I don't know why we didn't expect it to happen, but like it was like, oh my gosh, like they won, they're winning. It was, and then it, of course it was you, and like I think everyone like had so much respect for everyone that ran that race because like you said you were kind of like underdogs and it was more of like a build back year or something. Yeah, everyone thought we were we weren't going to be good, and so you're um, like surprised. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. So. so do you think you said that like when you're injured and you were talking to this psychologist, like you brought up your sexuality, like 
do you think that kind of like helped as you were going into that last year? I mean, I don't want to say like it necessarily like contributed directly to like your athletic performance because you were so good before that as well. But like, did that help, I guess? Um, yeah, I think it helped me just start really finalizing like what was I going to do in regards to my sexuality? Like I'd just been mm-hmm. kind of going back and forth and and it really helped me just realize that my sexuality was a part of myself and that it could be a part of myself that I, I loved. And yeah. it really helped me. He, if anything, it just was nice to have somebody listen. I, I don't really even think he gave me a ton of sage advice. He just listened. And mm. so I was able to talk through it. And I just, I, I mean, I am somewhat of a private person. And so mm-hmm. I just hadn't really had that before. And when I had spoken to people about my sexuality, it had been with my brother or my parents. Mm-hmm. And with that, I didn't really feel like I could be truly open just because, I mean, you know, just when you're, when you're talking to family members or especially parents or people who really care about you, um, mm-hmm. it's hard to sometimes just say whatever, right? Whatever you're right. thinking, because you don't want to hurt them either. And right. so it was really nice to have just a completely non-biased third party who I could just talk to. And on top of that, somebody who knew the questions to ask to help me get to a place where I was really mentally well and, and give me exercises to, to work on that as well. So. Wow. That makes me, I think you just said that beautifully because like you said, even when you have people that, you know, are in a, like a relationship, like your parents and your brother who are obviously most likely going to love you no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's so good to have, like you said, like a non-biased place to kind of work through some of these, what can be really like confusing and challenging, like conversations and decision making that you have to do so Mm -hmm. you you said that so beautifully thank you (laughs) it's such a big deal it's such a big deal and it can be so hard and so it's such a big deal that like you can verbalize what that took because man it can feel so confusing in the moment it can and it can be very daunting and very lonely Mm -hmm. so it's nice to to reach out to resources no a hundred percent speaking of what was kind of like, do you have like a, like, what was your very first coming out experience? Like who was that to? And like, what was that like? Oh, I, I came out to a church leader when I was like 15. Got it. And, but it was very much like, a, Hey, this is something that I maybe possibly might be dealing with. Just like, so <laughs> just soft, like just not committal. And, mm-hmm. and you know, bless his heart he, he's a great human being he, he didn't mm-hmm. really have the experience to really help me and right. so it was just kind of like a, oh okay like well I'll pray for you you know type thing and let me know right. if you need anything and and right. um but then yeah as my when my little brother came out to me it's so like my first like real real coming out was when my little brother came out to me I came out to him in the same conversation wow and you know, it was, it was good. I didn't want him to feel like he was alone and, you know, he was being vulnerable with me. So I was like, well, if he's telling me he's gay, I can tell him I'm gay, <laughs> you know? Right. No, that seems really fair. Yeah. 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 It was like a safe space. Exactly. And, um, I talked to my parents shortly after that as well. And how'd that go? Well, I had, so I had told my dad when I was probably 18, but it was kind of similar to when I was 15. So I don't really mm-hmm. count it. Um, mm-hmm. 
But then, yeah, right after that, it's actually funny because in my mind, I thought when I told my dad, I had told my mom. Mm-hmm. And apparently I didn't because then I called my no. mom right after my little brother called me uh. or talked to me. And I said, hey, you know, Bradley came out. And so I came out to him in the same conversation. And she kind of stopped for a second and said, oh, I didn't know that you were gay <laughs> Stop! Oh so it was kind of nice because it ripped the band-aid off right there was no pressure yeah no build I thought I had already told her oh I'm dead yeah it was oh great my gosh. So. and she just handled it like oh well that's new information exactly but... she was great and I was talking to you about that a little earlier my mom's my mom and dad are awesome really good supporters so that's incredible. Yeah, we're going to insert that story that you told me probably like right about here because that was truly incredible. She, she's a good example of how to be an ally. And and I think a lot of members of the church feel like they e- either can be an ally or they can be like, quote, a defender of the faith type thing. And, mm. and she's just a great example of somebody who, who truly doesn't feel like being an ally and loving members of the LGBTQ community is is contradictory at all to her beliefs. She she feels mm-hmm. like it supports her beliefs, and so um, she's a really good example of that. And my dad is as well. But um, yeah, that's and then incredible. After that, I just waited. I didn't come out to anybody for another couple of years. Yeah. And then it was actually a guy I know who is also gay, and he uh-huh. um, had told me it was I. We'd not gone on a couple dates. We didn't end up uh-huh. dating. But he had told me that, you know, he decided to come out to people like his friends and family because, like, why would he deny these amazing people the chance to just know him better and to love him more? And I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Why haven't I told anybody? (laughs) So after that, I started coming out to friends and how did that so. go how did that go and have you like I remember I like dm'd you this so I was like how did like coming out to like your old teammates go like oh yeah, yeah. I mean all of my family it was it's the nice thing about having a little brother who's gay who comes out before you is you kind of get to gauge people's reactions and they'll have conversations about it with you when your brother's not there <laughs> so it's like okay I already knew how people were going to react right because they had right. told, told me their reactions um <laughs> So that was all. You got great. a little preview. Exactly. Awesome. Got a little preview. It was kind of like some espionage almost. But um Oh yeah. But then with my teammates, I don't know why I was so nervous to to tell my teammates. Um Yeah. And and I think a lot of that is just the changing how people view you, right? You're worried about changing the status quo. You're worried about mm-hmm. you just psych yourself out so much. I remember hearing that you know you Emma Gee came out to her your teammates and <laughs> and for I me did. that was such an interesting concept I was like oh man I've never even considered coming out to my teammates because <laughs> 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 I just wasn't there right I, I was not no so fair um, yeah but yeah I started telling teammates just basically as I talked to them I I try really hard to stay in touch with them and and so yeah. as as I would talk to them on the phone I'd try to come out to them and um and they all were amazing and it makes Mm -hmm. me wish I'd come out to them sooner because they all I have had zero negative experiences coming out to friends and family and Mm -hmm. I just feel so lucky because and I really shouldn't be surprised because I was really lucky to be surrounded by amazing people and yeah I don't know I just had so many I even even now I've had I mean (laughs) Like, you know, in the last couple of months, there have been some mm-hmm. hard things that leaders of the church have said at BYU in regards to 
um, right. our community. Mm-hmm. And I even I had a, I had Kramer Morton, you know Kramer. Um, oh, I, we love Kramer we and Kramer's love... voice and Kramer's wife, yep. Whitney. Whit- oh, exactly, Whitney's been amazing too. Um, we love Whitney. Kramer reached out to me like that's next night, and he had just mm-hmm. heard about it, and he. Mm-hmm just said you know I just hope you know that we love you and Whitney and I you know will always love you no matter what you know you decide to do with your life and you always have a place Mm -hmm. in our home and whoever you want to bring in our home has a place and it to me just it was like man why didn't I come out earlier to some of these people because they've been great supporters and they're really good people at BYU who yeah I think they just need they need examples they they need to know somebody who is going through this because mm-hmm. once that happens, I think it normalizes it a little bit. And, you yes. know, for me, they're like, Oh, this is my friend, Danny. Like, you know, he's gay, but like, yeah, he's just the same friend I've had. So that's, Oh my gosh. And, and Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I just got chills when you're talking about that. Cause it's so similar to how I felt like good. And even like kind of this desperation for like other people to come out, I think when I was there, because I was like, listen, like people love me, obviously, but (laughs) that only goes so far. I'm like, I I can be a punk. So I'm like, I don't want the weight of people like accepting queer people to like only fall on my shoulders because I pop up about things, you know, sometimes. But I was always like, if only like one other person, like, and then when I, when I kind of like, when they, like you kind of like low key like came out to me, I was like, "You're kidding, freaking Danny Carney!" I, know, I, I was know. like, "Freaking everyone freaking loves Danny Carney!" I was like, "No <laughs> one's gonna come after Danny Carney for being like gay." Like I was like, "Everyone loves him." I'm so sorry, I shouldn't put all this pressure on you, but it was just this feeling of like, what? Of course, what I crave most is acceptance. Yeah, and I and I want people to see me and be like, "Yes, I'm a belongs like entirely," and so like what you're saying with that being normalized, of course it takes like more than one kind of person coming exactly. out. And it, yep. and it just takes me like, like you said, Hey, this is my friend, Danny, this is my friend, Emma, like, yeah. gay, you know, no big deal. So yeah. it's so like, it's so special for me to be having this conversation with, with you because you're someone I respected long before, obviously knowing your sexuality and it's just who you are that everyone respects, you know? Oh, thank you. So <laughs> I'm just, I like, I get chills talking to you because I'm like, you're, you were, like I said earlier, such a good leader at BYU. And I know so many people like admired how you handled yourself and everything. So the fact that like, I, I get to share your story a little bit and put it out there. It's just, it's such <laughs> well, an honor, honestly. It's funny you say that because for me, like when you came out, that was just so huge because like I said, it hadn't really entered my mind to come out to my teammates. Um, but it was just such a, like, I mean, you were the first out athlete at BYU, right? It was a big deal. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you and I, obviously, because you're interviewing other people, we weren't the only queer no. athletes at BYU. No, yeah. And so, and I mean, that's just the athletes, right? I mean, there's obviously right. like 30 so plus thousand people. students at BYU. And so yes. I think, didn't they do like a study at BYU and they found yes like like it's like thousands or something like that. yeah it's like so many students there's so many queer people which I love yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes no it's an abnormally high number at BYU compared to universities and I love that right yeah but I remember when you you came out and for me it just that was another one of those things actually I want to say you came out around the same time Brad did 
Yeah. It was like yeah. 2018, 2019 yeah. officially. Yep. Yeah. And so that was really when, you know, you came out, my little brother came out. And so I really was starting to think more about these. And around that same time, um, our friend Liz Darger, right? Um, mm-hmm. She, for those who don't know, is an associate athletic director at BYU. And she was the athletic director over cross country mm-hmm. and lovely human being. Uh, yeah. I remember a, a meeting she had with the whole track team and in it, just a really small part of her speech and she gave us a million speeches. So, right. You know, but the fact she's very this, involved. Yeah. 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 Very involved. This she, she mentioned, she was talking about treating people kindly and, you know, being Christ-like to those around us. And she mentioned that there are queer athletes on the track team that people aren't aware of. Yeah. And I, she didn't know about me at the time. Mm. Now she does, but, um, <laughs> yeah she she didn't know about me and for me that yeah. kind of shook my world I was like oh my gosh I'm not alone yeah like there are other people in this room who are experiencing something similar to me and yes I wasn't in a place and I feel I feel kind of bad about it now because as I've come out I've realized the importance of just visibility right and the importance of normalization mm-hmm. and you know I I want people to know that they that being queer at BYU is something they can do and they can thrive too and and so I wish that I had been in a place where I was ready to come out so I could have been like you a really good example of you know representation and so I don't know I just think it's important and obviously when I say you can thrive at BYU while being queer obviously I'm not saying there aren't challenges <laughs> no 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 one thinks you're right. saying no you go off damn it you're- yeah I mean we already mentioned talking about like the honor code right and there's yeah. a lot that I would love to see change um yeah but for Which me should- I, I attribute to me thriving at BYU in large part to being a student athlete because for me I had a community and I had people mm-hmm. who who I knew cared about me and I had a yes. sense of belonging and a purpose and so you know, if you're queer and you want to be an athlete at BYU, it's definitely doable, right? But it just right. all, also comes with some challenges too. So, a hundred percent, you're you're so well spoken, Danny, and I <laughs> and I I hope I'm not coming out as like you should have come out at BYU because because it's, I it's failed you, Emma. I'm so sorry. No, I I'm like, you. listen, it's all Danny Carney's fault that I was like having a hard time. You if can you label this episode. Out, it's all your fault or something. It's like all that. your fault. Yeah. <laughs> No, 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 not even close. And the important thing is that I hope anyone who's listening comes across this, but like, it's such a personal journey to come out. And of course, people specifically with our background know just all the things that you're processing and it takes time. It It takes time. So of course, it's never any pressure for anyone to come out and like, honestly, But of course, what you're saying about visibility and not feeling feeling alone is true. And I remember the speeches that Liz would would give about that because it was like when I came out, people would like start like DMing me like from other athletes that were queer. Oh, really? I love that. I wish I had DMed you. (laughs) No, 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 no. Like, of course, why would you? You know, it's such a personal journey, but it's it validated me in the same way that I think it validated you where it's just like we're not alone and even though being like being a student athlete is such a specific experience like you're not alone and that Mm -hmm. like 
you're processing this stuff, you're queer, you know, you're navigating this religious environment, you know, that can be a little discriminatory at times, yep, but there's, yep. there's a lot of people that are doing it. So I completely relate to everything that you're saying. And I love that you mentioned, like, that there might be ways that BYU could maybe better support queer students and, mm -hmm. and queer student athletes. Cause I've, I feel like I've put a lot of my opinions out about like how I'd want them to improve. But I, the most important thing that I want to come from some of these conversations with other queer student athletes is what you think would have helped. Cause my experience and my opinions aren't the only ones that matter. So go off Danny Carney. What do you think? I mean, yeah, I, excluding some changes to the honor code right <laughs> yeah, right 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 the obvious like one. that's a pretty big one right I don't obviously if that if that were to happen I, I would I would personally love to see that happen right I'm not I'm not necessarily saying I well I would love to see the church's stance on gay marriage change as well <laughs> right that no that's there, right? Um, go off go off sending sending that you know idea out into the universe but um yeah you know but I think even if that doesn't change, uh, I I would love to see there be some, just a more inclusive view towards queer individuals um, in regards to the honor code, right? Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, yeah, that's pro probably the big one. Um, yeah. Obviously, I would love to see some just better representation um, mm -hmm. and I would love for increased effort and focus on, you know, highlighting inclusivity at BYU and mm -hmm. in the athletic department. Mm -hmm. And, and I recognize that in athletics, athletics is already a difficult battleground for inclusivity, right? I mean, mm. the fact that we just, I mean, there was just massive news that a, um, professional soccer player in I believe Australia came out right um, the fact that that's not like crazy international news mm -hmm. right says a little bit about the state of the queer community in athletics right and so you know I recognize that there's there's it's going to be tough in some ways because of just the culture but I think people like Liz Darger are absolutely making BYU a better place for queer and in queer individuals and queer athletes. Mm. Um, and so I would love to see more of that. And when BYU hosted common ground, um, which you were a part of, right? <laughs> I did participate. Yeah. Um, which I guess I'll just quickly common grounds, just an NCAA initiative, um, mostly focused on organizations um, of faith and organizations within the LGBTQ community and yep. they use athletics as their common ground to come and talk about how they can improve the experiences of both parties is that correct Emma is that did I put that you well? you said it so perfectly okay well Liz Darger <laughs> um, has gotten involved with that and uh, BYU hosted common ground a couple years ago which was a huge deal um, for BYU so, to host all mm -hmm. of these individuals that are a part of the queer community yeah and for me at the time I wasn't out, but um, I did get to speak on one of the student panels there and yeah. got to speak to my little brother's experiences. And it was really poignant for me because it was um, not just my little brother's experiences I was talking about, right? Nobody Aww. knew besides me that I was talking about my own experiences. Yeah. And, um, you know, my desire for BYU to be an inclusive place for everyone and for my little brother or also myself yeah. to feel loved. And yeah. 
And so I just, I don't know. I don't have any like really specific great ideas on how BYU can improve that. Um, but <laughs> besides some changes, but uh, I, <laughs> I just would love for BYU to be a place where queer individuals can feel like they can be themselves and they can mm-hmm. be loved. And, and I think there are efforts being made towards that changing. And I hope, you know, even this podcast, right? I hope mm-hmm. sharing my story can maybe make people try to be more empathetic towards queer individuals and be more loving towards them. But Aww. it just, yeah, that, that's how I would want it to change. I just want people who do choose to go to BYU who are queer mm-hmm. to feel like they can be safe and they can be loved and, and have my experience of coming out to people. And I recognize not everyone's experience is coming out are are positive but I want you know more people at BYU to be those awesome teammates that I had and those awesome friends Mm -hmm. that I had who absolutely made me just feel like a gem after I came out to them oh Thank you for listening to the Queer Athlete Podcast. And of course, a huge thank you to Danny for being willing to dive into his experiences and share them with everyone. (sighs) I I just love Danny Carney. He's amazing. Um, Looking ahead to the next few weeks, we are going to be hearing from current queer BYU student athletes. I'm sure everyone is excited to hear from them because they're the ones that can tell us what things are like at BYU right now. So we've got lots to look forward with that, and I hope to see everyone next week.